everybody, and welcome to the Playwright Repertory Podcast. Today is a very special episode in that we get the ghost of the Playwright Repertory Podcast We're actually doing the show. I don't think we should call him a ghost. I think he's just like regular. Anyway, we have our PRP MVP, Mr. Benjamin Suskind here. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Today oh, we will be doing his wonderful play titled small things. Ben is our lovely friend and we just love him. We know him uh, and we want you guys to know him too. So without further ado, we're going to get started with this uh, magnet to your computer. Magnet to your computer. Oh my God. I've only, I've never been on this side of the game. You've heard this a lot, Ben. I've also done it before. Well, I've, I, in the co-host episode, I like, I, I I gave the game or I don't know. The terminal. You're the first person to be on both sides of the magnet to your computer. Oh How do you so feel, exciting. Ben? I am so nervous to have a magnet to my computer. You don't understand how nervous I am. Well, you know how this game goes. I do. Since we are so close, I have crafted it to be a little evil for you. And very oh, personal. Oh. Yeah, well, it we gets know, personal. We it know gets Ben. Personal. The audience will know Ben a little bit more now. Yeah. All right, Benjamin, are you ready? I'm scared now, but yeah. All right. Countdown and the clock has started. Lift off and the clock has started. There's a zombie apocalypse and you can only save one thing. Canes or Lily, your dog. You can't do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking Lily. I'm taking Lily. Oh, I had that noble choice. All right. If you could have lunch with one musical theater composer, I already know what your answer is going to be. Who would it be? Oh my God. Of course, Jason Robert Brown. Of course. Of course. You're the senior quote, Jason Robert Brown. Uh, What Disney sidekick character are you? (gasps) Either Pascal from Tangled or Mushu from from Mulan. Yeah. I think I think both of them, maybe, or neither of them. I'm everything. You know who I actually think you are? I think you're like Maximus from Tangled. <gasps> Wait, no, I'm definitely Maximus from Tangled. You're so right. Yeah. You like mischief, but you also like order and you like being in charge and stuff like no, that. No, you're right. I'm definitely Maximus. All right. If you could have one song stuck in your head for the rest of your life, what would it be? <sighs> so hard. Yeah. Um... Um, can a, a musical theater or like any song? Any, any song. Song. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go with "This Is Not Over Yet" from Parade, the best musical of all time, because that song always just like brings a smile to my face every time I hear it. You know what I mean? All right. I don't think that song can ever get old. Theme of your dream birthday party. Um, that's hard too. Okay, I'm gonna go like 1920s Hollywood. Mmm. Classic theme. Classic theme. Classic. I feel like that's like a theme of like a lot of things, you know? It is, yeah. but I feel like it's way bougie and at the same time, like, Didn't laid back. did plan a winter formal for our high school with that theme? That was 1950s Hollywood. No. Yeah, no, was I think, it? You're, thinking, you're thinking of Gatsby. You're thinking of yeah. Gatsby. There's a Gatsby formal. That was a, that's not 1950s, 1920s Hollywood. That's just 1920s. All right. Uh, pretty dang close. All right. Uh, number seven. What item is always in your Prius? Ben, like me, drives a Prius. We're Prius buddies. Love a good Prius. Well, recently, I have anywhere between two to five things of hand sanitizer. Mm. 
And so I'll go with, you know, a good old Hanny Sanny. Hanny Sanny. Oh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Hanny All Sanny. right. Mitchell, you've said much worse. All right. I didn't uh, say number props eight. right before this. <laughs> what actor would play you in your biopic? Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. That was no, really quick. That was yeah, so no. quick. You've thought about this <laughs> You've before. thought about that one before. <laughs> okay. And number nine, because we have talked about this together, uh, but you don't have to say the person that we've specifically talked about. You can say whoever. Biggest Tony snub. Oh. I know the one I, I, I've talked about. We don't have to talk about that one because I don't know if that's the biggest Tony snub in, in the world. That's true. Our, our, the one that we were talking about was... The one that we were talking about was Amber Gray yeah. in Hades Town, who I saw her perform. She worked on the show for like five years. She basically created the character. The character work is insanely just amazing. Um, big snub right there. What was your snub, Ben? Big snub. Um, so my biggest snub, though, it's not a Tony Wynn snub. It's a Tony nomination snub. I think Jason Howland should have been made best score of Little Women, and he was not. And so, yeah, that music's great. I think that's a, a Tony snub right there. Like that's I, I've never yeah. like understood that. Yeah, the fact that they wouldn't be even like nominated. Mm-hmm. What the heck Big is that? Snub. Big well, that was the same year as 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee and um, uh, uh, Light in the Piazza. Mm. Still, which were both... there's room for nominations. There are, yeah. I think Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is also that year. Wow, what a year. That's like how the Hamilton year was so big because it was mm-hmm. Hamilton, Waitress, Bright Star. I did School well, Rock. That was that, that. I think that was that year, but that never stood a chance. Yeah. What about, but then, but then, um, no, but just oh, like all the nominations. Away. Come from away was that come year. From away all the nominations year. were just popping that year. Great year for musicals. Anyway, and our last question, the very serious question Hercules or Bambi's dad? I'm gonna say Tadashi. I'm gonna go with that. Okay, 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 okay. So okay, the backstory of this is originally it was Tadashi or Bambi's dad, and this is a question that I would ask people because I don't know what's going on up here. It's a hell don't up, up here. That's all I'm saying. But uh, it used to be Tadashi or Bambi's dad. That's what my sister asked me. So it actually comes from my sister. It doesn't come from me. Um, and but I thought that just wasn't fair because I think Tadashi is one of the the hottest animated figures ever animated and so i don't think that stands a chance to bambi's dad but i know a lot of people like hercules so i said the hercules one just because i feel like that's more of an equal plane but if i do have to choose between hercules what you and, do and bambi's dad do. and not to you're required to by contract yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know why i'm saying about bambi's dad Said Bambi's dad because dad. he is um, personality-wise like ears like Herc's ears the oh, size of his head. You thought about it. I ears. think it's the little like twirl on his head that's too much for me. I actually agree. It's also his body just proportionally like his head is like and then his body is it's it's huge. I don't. Know I'm afraid of muscular boys. I think they're gonna break me. So yeah, we can tell. <laughs> oh my god! On your based on your choices. Hmm. And that was Magnet to Your Computer with Benjamin Suskind. And now for the reading of Small Things by Benjamin Suskind. For our cast today, we have one new member to the pod, one returning, playing the role of Anna. We have Madeline Oberly, which is Hi. our new member of the pod. Hello, Madeline. And as David, we have 
Returning Hamish Marison Clark. Hello. And as Travis, we have our very own Mitchell Huntley. Hey, guys. And I will be reading stage directions. None of these roles are being played by Ben Suskind because the show is written by Ben Suskind. Isn't this is that a crazy? first. This is really weird for there to be a reading without me in it. Wow. Like, You're so. just so reliable. I know that if I call up Ben, he'll be there. And I appreciate that. Thanks, Ben. Of course. Anytime. All right. And without further ado, Small Things by Benjamin Suskind. Prologue. Anna and David stand in separate pools of light. The light is faint. They themselves are hardly visible, let alone anything else around them. They can't find each other, nor do they want to. Each has convinced themselves they are perfectly contented to stand alone, cold, broken. Now they both put on a shield of their past, reliving one-sided memories to the audience. It's not going to work out. I think this might be it for us. Look, it's not likely that he will make it to then, so I just don't want to get my hopes up. We're trying. It's going to take a lot of work, but we're trying. I feel like I'm carrying three-fourths of the load. It's hard for me. Sure, it's hard for both of us. I mean, really, I'm just kind of guessing what I'm supposed to do. And we never just talk anymore. The flame's not burnt out quite yet. I don't think it's supposed to feel like a chore. There's just nothing for me to work with. I can't make her want to, right? God, I don't know how I got to be so blessed. It's like I'm talking to a brick wall. Apathetic, that's all this is. He can make me smile. He really can. Wait, here. He told me this story. David, tell them the story from last... No, it's it's not jealousy. I have no reason to be jealous. But I don't know. It's so frustrating. I don't see how this could ever be enjoyable. It's the weekends I hate the most. He's there all the time. It's really almost unbearable. He doesn't not care, if that's what you're asking. No, not that. It's not everything. More, it's it's the size. The way he fills the dishwasher. Oh, and her late night Skypes with her brother. He forgets to feed the cat. He always does. She constantly overspends. He never lets me get the last word. And her mother. His brother. So, yeah, it's not the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's the small small things. things. It's the small things. Lights come up fully. David gets in the car, formed by two chairs and mimes turning on the radio. He turns on the engine. It sputters. He tries again. After a couple seconds, it finally turns over. Anna is slow to get to the car. Come on! Give me a minute, David. We're gonna be late. It shouldn't take this long. The goddamn door wouldn't shut. What do you want me to do? Invite in the burglars? Sure, if that's really what you're hoping for. Jesus Christ, do we have to do this right now? What? Just the the attacks. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, David. Just get in the car. I'm getting in the car. David, you don't have to drive so fast. I told you we're gonna be late. We're going to be fine. It starts in 15 minutes. It takes 12 to get there. That gives us three minutes. We're fine. I know. You know I like to be there at least 10 minutes early. But we're still not late. Do you have to fight me on everything? If you're going to insist on being such an ass, then yes. An ass, really? All the yelling back there. 
I gave you two heads up, and I don't know why you had to go through three different pairs of earrings before we left. We're not going anywhere, and you know I don't care what you look like. What? Are you trying to sleep with Travis? He's, he's happily married, you know. You're a dick. I think my yelling was warranted. Of course you do. Anna reaches to change the radio station. Don't. David. Don't touch it. You're such a child. Have you been saving these all week? You got a list you want to run by me? I can give you my top ten. Let's just both be quiet, okay? Fine. Whatever. Pause. David looks over at her. Anna puts her hand out to stop him. David sighs. Pause. They sit in quiet for a long time. They both are waiting for the other to break the silence. To lose. Suddenly, Anna gets a text. Oh, damn it. What? Nothing. You forgot something? No, David, just drop it, okay? He glances over at her phone. Rosenthal Law? I thought we said we we weren't getting a lawyer. You said we weren't getting a lawyer. No, we said we'd at least wait until we could both agree upon something. We can't wait forever, David. I'm not... uh, I'm not saying to wait forever, just at least let me have today, okay? I already met with them. My God, Anna, you're incredulous. You gave me no choice. It's not just your decision to make. Isn't it, though? It's as much my choice as it is yours. And I exercised mine. You're doing this the wrong way. No, I'm just not doing it your way. David clenches his fist on the wheel and rears his head back, opening his mouth to scream, but he contains the sound, like he's been muted. Cute. Can we just save this till we get there? Travis told us to talk about it. This isn't talking, this is yelling. I was going to go with ripping each other's necks out. Yeah, I, I guess you could call it that. They look at each other for a split second. As soon as they make eye contact, their eyes are instantly repelled apart. Silence. I'm sorry I get angry so quickly. Me too. We both need to work on that. Can I? I shouldn't. Never mind. What is it? If we want to use this firm, we have till tomorrow to send them retainer. Great. I haven't even met them yet, Anna, and I I still haven't made my decision. I know, I know, but I'd have to use the joint account, which means that you have to be involved. But can't you just listen to me when I said I didn't want a lawyer? I'm hurting, David. I don't like feeling vulnerable like this. I just thought, I thought they could help. Okay, okay, fine, but can I, can we at least talk to them together before we employ them? Yeah, I guess. I'll call them after Travis, okay? Yes, thank you. Sure. Anna sits back in her chair. After a second, she goes to change the station again. Anna. What? Never mind. The lights shift to Travis's office. Anna and David remain seated, but their demeanor shifts. Travis is portrayed as an offstage voice, with the couple facing the empty fourth wall to place their focus. All I'm saying is it would help if you can make it home early every once in a while. It's legitimately impossible for me to do. I, I, I have a 50-minute... Oh, it's impossible? Yes, a 50-minute commute, and I'm already leaving right at 5. Talk to Sam. He'd be understanding of our situation. I don't want their special treatment. 
After everything, shouldn't you be thankful for it? Well, I'm not. I can't keep taking time off every Friday to get Jamie. She can bike. I'm not going to make her bike to school. We bike to school as a kid. And yet you still aren't fit. Anna, please. Sorry, just, you're not even listening to me. I am. No, you're just looking for a way to win. You don't care what I actually think. That's not true. Okay, why don't we try framing things in the positive? I want... I want David to... Tell him, not me. I want you to start picking up more of the chores and jobs around the house. David? I want you to respect me in my work. I do respect you. You really don't act like it. Guys? Sorry. Anna, why now? What changed? You know, it's just so much harder now. It's strange. There's only three of us. You'd think it would be easier. I know. I just... It takes so much more time to do anything now. Honestly, I think I'm scared I'm going to lose something of his when I clean... Or maybe one of his socks will get lost in the laundry. You don't want to disturb him. They still smell like him. Did you know they still smell like him? I didn't. I miss his smell. Do too. It's just... It's just hard. I understand. And I'm sure Jamie notices it too. I am trying so hard for her. Not to get depressed. I don't want her to cry in front of her. You shouldn't put that extra pressure on yourself. Shouldn't I? I don't want her to see her mom falter. You don't have to be the symbol of strength every day of the week. Well, someone has to support us, and it doesn't seem like you're too keen on doing it yourself. What do you mean by that? You're never home. It's like this hasn't affected you at all. What the hell, Anna? Now you're going to judge me on the way I grieve? I can go home and scream and cry and throw the couch pillows across the room. Would that be enough for you? David. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not home so I don't have to look at his pictures on the walls or, or see the shrine you built in the stairs every second I'm there. Maybe I'm trying to be strong too. Okay. I didn't mean to upset you. I just find it somewhat unfair that you're taking all this time away from home and then you just expect me to carry on like nothing happened. I never said that. You're putting words in my mouth. Hold on a minute, David. Anna, go ahead. I can't just act as if it's not real. I want so hard to believe that he's going to come home. For Christmas, that I'll wake up one morning and I'll find his stuff sprawled out on the couch. And he'll greet me with a strong embrace and a fresh cup of coffee. I missed you, Mom. I'm so happy I'm home. I am home now. But, and I force myself not to think about it or I'll... She's crying by now. I haven't opened his boxes yet. They've been sitting in the garage for three months. I'm scared of what I'll find. I can't look at his pictures from school. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I I didn't think about what this has done to you. I know. I think we should try to look through his stuff. David. Let some of it go. No. Gone, Anna. We, we, we don't need to keep wallowing on this. Don't you start. What? Don't try to win this. Not now. I'm not trying to... He win. was blue, David. They found him and he was blue. Okay, let, let's not... No, they- let's. 
You can't say they did nothing wrong. They did, and you know it, just as well as I do. They're just kids. They shouldn't be dismissive of fault. They shouldn't lose everything because of one stupid mistake. Stupid mistake. Stupid. Your son is dead. It's nothing stupid. This is it. This is the heavy stuff. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to neglect that. Oh, but you are. Okay, why don't we... They took everything from us, and you want to let them off scot-free, like you haven't been affected at all. No, I'm not affected because I don't grieve the way I'm supposed to. You don't grieve at all. You don't care. I care so much. I don't sleep because I think about how he felt lying in the bed, choking, seizing, and no one came to help. Please. Look, he's gone, okay? And we can't fix that. We can't save him, but we can save some other lives. They need to know what they did was wrong. They know. Trust me, they know. Think about it every day. I I bet they stopped drinking. For a while, at least. Yeah, and then they go back to it, down the road, indifferent. And we can't change that. Maybe. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe we should have raised him better, kept him away from that kind of stuff. No, it's not our fault. It's not. I was so worried he wouldn't make friends. I thought it was justified. I told him to go Greek. I killed him. No, he did it to himself. Anna hits David. Don't say that about my son. Anna, please, you have to see that. He can put the blame on us, the school, the frat, but he made that choice and it killed him. It was those boys. It was a little bit of everything, okay? I don't want... I just can't hate them. I hate them so much. Fine. If that's what you want to think, fine. Okay. You can call the lawyers if you want. I don't. You don't? I don't know. That was very good. The way you de-escalated there. That's progress. Yeah, it is. All right. Can I make a suggestion? What? Talk to the lawyers, both of you. What? You don't have to commit to anything. Just meet with them. We're going to later. Good. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Just hear each other's side. It'll help you stop fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to open his boxes tonight. You do? I don't want to make it a big thing. Just open it. Let it go. I think that's good. We'll be okay. They look at each other long. She rests her head on his shoulder and slowly moves her hand into his. There's hope yet. Okay. Thank you, Travis. I I think this was a good session. I do too. They stand and move to leave. We'll get through this. We will. It'll just be what it is. Nothing more. Nothing less. A small thing. A small thing. They walk out. They walk back to the chairs. It's a car once again. They sit. Anna turns on the radio and rests her head on David's leg. No fighting, no frustration. They tolerate each other. Maybe things will get better. Maybe David will be able to sleep through the night. Maybe Anna will go into their son's room. Maybe they will work it out. The lights slowly fade out. End of play. (laughs) 
And that concludes our reading of Benjamin Suskin's play, Small Things. Wonderful work, Ben. Small Things. Small Things. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. So I'm just going to go into it and say what I thought. Feedback. Feedback. Uh, It's one of those like perfect 20 minute-ish plays, I think. You know, I think one of the big keys to a smaller play like that is you have to have some... You know, you start with like some big bam action or something like that. And then the rest of the play is like, you know, like unwinding that and seeing what's all there. And for them, it's like, oh, they have this conflict and I'm not really sure what it's about. And so, you know, when you do that, it makes your audience listen because they need information. But when they're listening, they also kind of get like a deeper like they resonate with it more because they're listening so hard for information. They're also listening for emotional information. So yeah, I think it's great. And you know, it's, it's so much about the characters and grief and like how they both handle that, that it's not about, you know, all the theatrics, which is nice. And I love using those, but it's really, really like a grounded story, which is really great. And about the theatrics, which I will focus on a bit, I feel like those actually, the way you use them, you're very prescriptive with how you use these theatrics. And I think the way you do, it takes it takes the focus away from any design elements and puts it on the characters and the actors, which I think was a very smart move. Mm-hmm. The having And having, like, they're not, Travis not be a um, onstage voice. Yeah, that it might was even be an actor. Brilliant. It could be, it might even be an actor who's actually physically there. Which makes it really about these two characters. I thought that was a very, I'm sure it was a a purposeful move and very, it was very good, very decisive move that I think really amplified that it's about these characters Mm -hmm. and their trauma. Thank you. I think this is like a really polished, like competition ready, like just really wonderful piece. Thank you. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Like what you were saying about the beginning, um, that the prologue, that was a, a fun thing for me to write. I tried to make it so it's kind of ambiguous as to where in the, like the relationship this is taking place. Mm. So like, there's a couple lines that Anna has about like, I'm not, we're not sure if he's going to make it till then. And they're like, it could be interpreted. Is she talking about the relationship? Is she talking about her pregnancy with her first son? Like, so I tried to like give some ambiguity there. I loved that little prologue, especially the, there's one line that like, he never feeds the cat. I love that line. Great line. I was wondering. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. How did you, how did you do, did you just write like small bits and pieces or did you write a monologue and split it up? Um, I wrote a line. I mean, honestly, I started with, I wrote the first line and then I was like, Ooh, what's a fun line that kind of builds off that, but like could be taken completely out of context and still gives us the same. So like it, it's, Kind of like with like a song cycle, how like how it's like a through line where there's no like real story, but like you can feel it. I kind of did that with these lines here is I tried to create like a through line so you can kind of see the devolution of the relationship without like actually explicitly sh- explaining the fights that are happening. Yeah, I think it was it was because there were two conversations happening one right after another. Mm-hmm. I think it felt like it, it flowed well. And one thing I also thought was really cool and really mature in the writing style was how you didn't give all of it away so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so easy. Uh, not even so quickly, but some at all. You know, all. there are yeah. questions that, you know, you still have, but, you know, you answer the things that, you, like, the audience needed to know, you know? Right. Yeah. And that was really nice. That's. But it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, by the time they got there, you already knew. It wasn't, like, just spoon-fed to you. Very modern, but thoughtful, 
Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I love Ben and I I love everything you make, so. Yeah, the way information was teased was and was slowly drawn out was very well done. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. something that I know when I'm I've taken playwriting classes, that's one of the things my professors have focused on is the dissemination of this background information that you need yeah. to know about the characters and you handled it in a really good way, a really succinct like um and really decisive way. I think that was really well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I, that was, that took, I spent a lot of the time writing this, trying to figure out how to do that. And the thing that I, I came up with was like using the, like the lawyer at first where like we had, we know nothing about the son and they just bring up a lawyer. Oh, is this a divorce attorney or something? Yeah. Which is what I tried to like make it sound like at first. That's what I thought it was at first. That's what I, I thought it was for this. most of it. Oh, good. good as good. we learned more. Yeah. And now our interview with the playwright. So, Benjamin, what inspired you to write this piece? So, uh, my style of writing is like that very grounded, minimalist uh, style of play, like you were saying. So, um, I don't know, like I, I've always wanted to just focus on like a, a two-person. It's This show is basically effectively a two-person show. The Travis character is really just there as like a plot device, kind of. And so basically, effectively, it is a two-person show. And I really wanted to focus. I I think those are really, really fun and strong pieces. Um, Back in October, we had Elizabeth Wang. She's a a faculty member for the Acting Conservatory at um, Orange County School of the Arts. She came in to our musical theater capstone class, and she gave us a presentation on um, uh, binge drinking and sexual harassment and stuff like that. And some of the stories that she was saying about uh, how kids like are like dying or getting sent home from binge drinking or from rushing. It was so emotional, so striking. And and like, like how the the sheer amount of cases like this was just overwhelming. I I felt like I, I had to write something if that Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that completely makes sense. Um, I feel like a lot of stories come out of like, you know, how it comes out of people feeling like they need to take some sort of action. And I, you know, if you're a playwright in your head, that comes on in words, that comes in dialogue, that comes into a play. So, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And then our next question, what was the hardest part about writing this play? A couple things like we talked about earlier, the keeping the, like the, what happened like a secret until like the end and trying to like have them fight about it without revealing why they're fighting and like not letting them slip out anything that might reveal something was was hard. I also think the nature of not like, because I chose to not use like a, a set or anything that's like really design heavy, trying to create something that can exist in something that doesn't require a car or a real like office or anything that like requires real production team quality. I don't know. Like like trying to make sure that I I maintained that, that style through the dialogue as well. Yeah. What do you want audiences to take away from this play? Yeah. So like I was saying about uh, the dangers of binge drinking, I, I kind of want, I feel like that's become like a, 
a pretty embedded part of college life, of student college, college student life. It's just like, oh, you're party on the weekends, shots, 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 you know what I mean? And I feel like I, it's scary. And I mean, everyone like needs to be responsible for themselves. And like, I'm not saying that if you're choosing to do that, that I'm not, that, that, that I'm you're like, not demonizing. I'm not demonizing it, like, but, but I, I'm, like, I, I am saying like, I, I, I think yeah. we need to like, I, I don't think there's enough attention on the, the dangers of what it could be. And so I, I kind of want people to walk out and ha- have that conversation about it, think about it. Yeah. I think a lot of young people think they're invincible, which they're not. They are not. And I know a lot of young people that are also trying to find that limit. They're like, oh, I wanted, like, they're like, oh, yeah, like they'll brag about like having blacked out or like they'll be like, yeah, my limit is this. And like, it's like the people the, bragging about how little sleep they get. Right. Like, why are you, that's destructive. Why are you testing? Why, why are you, are you why are you pushing all the way to the boundaries? Yeah. 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 I wonder though if, the, if that was what you, what you were hoping audiences take away. Cause I, I definitely think. Yeah, that's wh- what he just said. <laughs> but I think if that's, I, I took away more from the relationship between uh, Anna and David. Yeah, I did. I as much as I thought that's what thinking. I I I did take away like oh this is a problem but I do think the biggest thing for me personally was um how do you deal with grief That is a bit, another big thing yeah is uh that conversation for me I I I spent a long time when I was writing it thinking about that cuz I I just noticed that like I've had to suffer loss before and I noticed I don't experience it the same way that some of my friends did. And so that was another thing that I did bring into this. And I do think that you're right. It, definitely the, the conversation about binge drinking is not like the only thing to take away. I do think that there, that that conversation about grief is something to take away. But honestly, when I was writing it, it wasn't like in the forefront of my head. I think it just like came out because of my experience with the topic, I guess. Yeah. And our last question, what was your process for getting this idea, getting it onto the page? So we kind of know, you know, you have that like lecture and you thought about it. So how do you do you get this on the page? How did you start writing this? Um, so last year, my mom and I would carpool to school and work like because she worked a, walk, a block away from my school every morning. And so every morning I would just like talk to her about play ideas I'd have. And so she helped me like like really just like letting me talk to her like helped me flesh out exactly what I was writing and what the, the, the development of the ideas would be. And then um, I wrote this, like I actually put this onto paper for a competition. I feel like competitions are a great way to stimulate work because you'll have an idea. You have the, a deadline. Like, exactly. You'll have like an idea and you're like, I'll write this eventually. And then you never write it because you write it. You're always saying, I'll write it eventually. So like a having competitions and, deciding to submit to them is a really good way to like force yourself to write. Deadlines are a blessing. I totally do the same thing in the car with my mom. Um, I think the car is a magical place for thoughts and ideas. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Even if I'm by myself, I'm always thinking about things, but especially with my mom, I think I've had like the most meaningful conversations with my mom in the car. And I think that's because I don't like, she doesn't have to look at me and I don't have to look at her face when I say them. (laughs) Well, actually like, 
sometimes when I'm driving, I'll tell my mom, Hey mom, can you do me a favor and just write these three words down? And she's yeah. like, why the hell did I so just So if write-? you're driving, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, why did I just write these words down? I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. I just like, I needed to write them mm-hmm. down and I can't cause I'm driving. So thank you for writing them down, mom. Mm-hmm. Like that's happened a couple of times too. So that's- we love Robin. We love, right. Robin. we love Robin. All right. Ready for a game? All right. Game time. Contractually obligated game time. Game time. So there's no contract. You always say that there's no contract. I don't care that much. Okay. (laughs) We've mentioned. I don't think. I don't know if the listeners have heard or this was off. uh, I think it was off. uh, But there's some similarities, um, at least in topic wise, to Rabbit Hole by David Lindsay Bear and uh, recently Marriage Story, the uh, Academy Award nominated film. So this game is about someone who was involved in Marriage Story. And this is a game I like to call Update Your Drivers. So I'm going to be giving you questions and fun facts and trivia about America's greatest actor, Adam Driver. Wow. I was expecting a better reaction from that, but I wouldn't know any of. I'm looking at these questions yeah. right now. I'm as a fan of Adam gonna, Driver, you're not going to know any of them. Doesn't know trivia um, about. I don't by the time this game ends, you'll know so much more about Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. I'm just still. I'm just still on the name. <laughs> Update your drivers. Yeah. <laughs> God knows I don't. All right. Question one. Adam Driver was born in Arkansas, but his mother was from Indiana. True or false? Uh, I'll say true. 50-50 shot. False. Great. He was born in Fontana, California. Also, did you make that up, but his mother was born in Indiana? That's actually the true part of that. Uh, so it's slightly so, true? So it's slightly can I get, true. Can I get a half a half It's a not point a full then? false? It's, it's, no, if any of it's false, then it's a false statement. Oh, whatever. <laughs> his, his dad is from Arkansas. It's, it's conditionally false. All right, let's keep going. Anyway, question two. Well, he didn't get into Juilliard the first time he applied. He went for one year to this university after serving in the military. Is it A, the University of California, Los Angeles? UCLA, Bruins! Oh my god, we're going there. UCLA, oh fight, my god, fight. me and Ben are like going to be best friends. I mean, we are best friends, but we're going to be best friends going to UCLA together. Whoa. B, the University of Indianapolis. C, the University of Kentucky, Louisville. Or D, the University of Michigan. What was, the, what was C, B and C again? B was the University of Indianapolis, and C was the University of Kentucky, Louisville. I'm going to go Indianapolis. That would be correct. You got it. The Indiana was a, the Indiana was a little bit of a helper there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I didn't include that, you might not have known. Question three. When he was a teen, one of his jobs was being a vacuum cleaner salesman. True or false? That sounds just crazy enough to be true. And it is true. That is Call correct. One eight hundred steamers. Stanley Steamer, your it was actually, certified cleaner. It was actually a Kirby Stanley vacuum cleaner, but yes. Question four. This one you will not know. There's oh. no reason that you would. There's know no this reason one. you would know this. What is Adam Driver's middle name? Well, I'm <laughs> going to go to a? IMDb right now. No, don't do this. You cannot look it up. A. Douglas. B. Michael. C, Henry, or D, Luke? I really want it to be Luke because of Star Wars, but I don't think it is. I think I'm going to go with Michael. It is, in fact, not Michael. It is A, Douglas. Ew, Adam Douglas Driver? Yeah, that doesn't roll off the tongue. Oh. Yeah. I guess. 
Uh, Add. All right. Question five. Question five. Final question. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Adam Driver has admitted he actually likes listening to and watching footage of himself. Is that true or false? That's false. You are right. He actually hates it. I know that one. He has walked out of multiple interviews when they try to play him stuff. I've I've seen them. I've seen those videos where he walks out. So God bless him. Love him. (laughs) All right. Well, that was update your drivers. That was small things with Ben Suskind. We're so grateful to have the ghost haunt us for this episode. Thank you you so keep much trying to make that a thing. I, keep I, to I make think it a he's I more just it's, the MVP. I think it's because I, I played it. that ghost. He did play uh, ghost. Oh, uh, you did. In, in Folly. So yeah. that's 100% now. the reason, not just because I wanted to use the spooky sound effect. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, Ben, tell us, where can people find you so they can tell you how amazing your work is? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm ben.suskind. That's S-U-S-S-K-I-N-D on Instagram. Uh, I am also on Facebook, Ben Suskind. And I'm working on a website that is not currently functional, but it will be soon. And I would give you the handle, but I have not bought one yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, follow Ben, see all of his projects. He's just a wonderful human being all around. One of my favorites of the species. <laughs> I love being a favorite of the species. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. We'll see you at the next reading or Thank the next mini episode. That was Ben Suskin. We always love Ben. If you have a play that you have written, we'd love for you to submit it here and we can read it and give it uh, a workshop here on the Play It Repertory podcast. We. Airhorn. Airhorn. Yeah, if you want to submit, the link to submit is tinyurl.com slash prpsubmit. Again, that is tinyurl.com slash prpsubmit. We'd love to give your play a read and to help you hear it out loud here on the Playwright Repertory podcast. Again, we are open to student playwrights. So if you're in high school, if you're in college. If you're in a gap, if you're not in high school and you're not in college. Yeah, if you're in your gap year, like send us a play. We'd love to give it a reading here on the Player Repertory Podcast. And uh, also, if you have an idea for the mini episodes that me and Mitchell normally host together that you would like to be a guest on, go ahead and shoot us some DM or email. Get in contact with us, and we'd love to do it. We're open to all ideas. Yeah. And you might say, oh, this is my first episode. Well, did you know that there are 15, 15 other, epi- other episodes? other episodes. What? You can go listen to those so many places. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify. I didn't say Spotify. Wow. On pretty much all the platforms. All the platforms. Go check it out. Is this your first episode you've ever listened to? Is this your last episode you've ever listened to that you will ever listen to? Is this your second episode? No matter. We would love to hear from you. Me and Mitchell want to make this podcast the best that it can be and would love to hear our audience's feedback. We've created a survey for our audience to tell us, you know, what they like from the podcast, what they'd wish to see. Um, This is your opportunity to really communicate with us and tell you the things that tell us the things that you wish to see or don't want to see anymore. Um, It'll also help us see, you know, what works the best. 
um, what we can do more of. Give us all that fun information. It's completely anonymous and is in our Instagram. And the link is in our Instagram bio. And lastly, Mitchell, do you have any final thoughts? God bless Adam Driver. Here, here. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, See you next time. What do you say? Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.